0: I'm Stephanie Overbuck. I'm Mel Wymore. And this is Part of Gold.
1: Hey, Steph. Riley has an idea for us, and I don't know, but let's give it a try. What can we say together about the last four episodes and how we can connect and draw meaningful conclusions out of the past four episodes? And if this works, we could do it, you know, every four episodes from here on out. What do you think? How do we, how do we measure if it works? Audience feedback, of course.
0: I I guess this is why we're doing it in the first place, no? (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's why we're doing the podcast in the first place, yeah.
0: (laughs) So let's do a recap of the last four episodes.
1: So last time we had Fabrice Leclerc. So Fabrice talked about corporate responsibility and transforming what it means to be in business uh, in this time in a way that is regenerative so to speak and not so exploitative.
0: Yeah, we should really listen to him because he managed to sell ice cream to the Italians. yeah (laughs) I love that how he kind of uh, (laughs) uh, described himself. And he's like, oh I didn't know that that about (laughs) Fabrice. Okay. Yes. And this wonderful Vallet. Yes. Gernot. Mm -hmm. Gernot has time banking alternative currency um in Austria, which is Basically, capturing labor, which is not accounted for in the in in the community, to basically provide care, work, or care for everyone who needs it in the community.
1: Yeah, you can you can you can deposit by volunteering, and you can withdraw when you need it. Uh, care, basically, it's a bank for care. Adam Bornstein of of the Red Cross was three episodes ago. And Adam was really talking about a new way that the Red Cross is thinking about organizing aid and they he talks about not necessarily the Red Cross doing direct services the way it used to, but really to empower local organizations within a community and Using new methods like alternative currencies to um, provide capital to local businesses and and people doing various kinds of work that's necessary in that community. He gave the example of Kenya, where people are using a currency to uh, uplift women and small businesses.
0: Right. Last but not least, we have cereal and. That was quite an interesting episode, I have to say. I mean, personally, I take it. <laughs> Cyril is a lawyer working for Ocean Care in Zurich, and he's concerned about deep sea mining. Um, I think, in particular, the sonic damage actually but anyways i don't think we actually dived very deep into that part because we had all these other things to discover from greenwashing exploitation corporate responsibility and really the hidden impacts in our um, ecosystems we haven't even discovered yet when we're gonna deep sea mine that was pretty
1: sort of That's like scary a, like a negative milestone you know Yeah. You know, that's a really diverse group of topics and people and actually locations around the world. And every single person here had impacts in at least two different continents, right? And it's amazing to me, you made as a listener think these things have nothing in common. But as a matter of fact, everything all these people are saying point to Either one, the underlying causes of the many uh, tragedies that we're facing, including climate change and income disparity and lack of resources and scarcity, or they're offering real interesting solutions that are not present in our current economy, like time banking and alternative currencies. And so put together, you can see that the pot of gold is really focusing on those Core issues? What are the hidden causes of the problems that we're facing? And then, what are some of the interesting kind of new solutions that are regenerative and uh, will take away that exploitative consumption, production, waste that we keep on pursuing in the current economy?
0: Right. And I think also what these, as you said, very diverse people coming from different places in, in, in the world, which, by the way, most of our podcast and interviews come from very diverse backgrounds and different parts of the world um, have in common particularly is this kind of challenging the unconscious agreement we kind of or we you know we've made about these things and how we're going to do it or how we process or uh, for example, this deep sea mining, I mean, who, who would have thought, you know, it's another little, um, it's almost a conundrum. <laughs> why are we doing it? But of course we know why, why we do it. It's, and it's this, this unconscious agreement we have, um, which we have about money, but of course, there's then the rat tail of how does it show in the world? Yeah. What other impacts does this have? And those people challenge it in their domain and then what, with, with, Ever they have um, learned and studied
1: uh, or became, um, they basically challenged the system for me. Yeah, I love I love that what you're saying, Steph. The unconscious agreement, and I think our goal is to connect people who are challenging that agreement and create a worldwide network of people who are who are not only challenging that that unconscious agreement, but bringing it to light and organizing with each other and sharing ideas and really transformational projects that fly in the face of the status quo. So Steph, after listening to all four of these past episodes, do you feel more hopeful or more worried about our future?
0: Well, to be honest, I, I felt it was a bit of a mixed uh, bag of cookies there, because especially after surreal I actually felt it um you know within me there was it was it, this knowledge of or even the image that we go out to the sea and basically destroy an ecosystem we don't even know yet it's so absurd and it hurts me it hurts my soul I think and so there, there was this there were a couple of moments where I thought oh um um i have highly respect to anyone who's um like say working in this in this course um you know he has a lawyer and uh trying to get these corporate responsibilities right and international laws which basically don't exist out there in the sea um and uh, at the same time there is no other way but it, you know stopping that kind of wrongdoing i would say by not shedding the light on this. Yeah. Right? By That's not the first talking, by not not talking about it, um we will never change anything. Anyway, so this was a bad moment for me. <laughs> yeah. Um and then at the same time there is a uh, in tremendous hope for example with Adam where I think he he basically, you know, Red Cross, which really is a humanitarian uh institution worldwide um we are very traditional as well and to to use blockchain and this you know new technology in a new way to basically challenge donation yeah this kind of oh the rich give the poor um and but don't let them come <laughs> anywhere close. <laughs> um, we have to change change that right so there is yeah that gave me yeah, it was tremendous pleasure to hear about um, yeah uh, that project.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you that the deep sea mining was kind of a startling episode, right? A startling interview where we we were were made aware of things that were horrible going on. But then you see Fabrice, who is looking at corporate culture, looking at corp at corporations as a force for good. And what if someone like Fabrice were, you know, the key executive or consultant to these? Companies that are about to deep sea mine, uh, to me, that whole interconnection of corporate responsibility and the movement going in that direction, including with of a, a investor awareness and and the ways in which um, stockholders are demanding sustainable practices. I, I feel like there's there is hope. Um, you know, it is scary, and you know, without any leash, that corporate current cor- corporate culture will just eat up the whole world. But then you see these other people, and even surreal, who's you know actively trying to organize for regulations on the oceans. So we see really positive actions, and we at the same time see very scary events happening. So I like to err. I mean, I like to land on the optimistic that you know we will all develop, shift our consciousness, and start doing things um, that prevent some of this horrible damage that's occurring. Yes. And so what I, What
0: Gernot, for, for me, he's pointing to an extremely hot topic, especially in Western culture, you know, and this is, oh, we are getting older. <laughs> <laughs> we are getting older. And if we don't want to live in a society where the U.S. are rich, then you can afford it. And if you're not rich enough, you're basically left alone. That's a problem. And so he's, th- Think he's he's kind of seeing it in the future and pointing to it and already doing it, trying to do something against that development. And it's very clear we have that development, right? In the United States, we have that very clearly. Also in the education system, like you can either afford it. Sorry that I, I don't want to piss on you guys, but you know, <laughs> either you can afford it or you can't. So um, then, good luck, you know. And so that that is not what a healthy society should do and especially when it comes to old people. I think we have such a weird way of treating our old people in the West, almost like isolating them, and there is so much more to learn. And I think systems like Garnets can help us to take care of that problem, but also to reconnect with our neighbors in our community.
1: Yeah. No, but it all ties together, and I think that's that's really the point that we're making, is that what you said... Illuminate and challenge our unconscious agreements, and then beyond that, look at the other possibilities and the other solutions, the new ways of thinking that are opening up all over the world. And you know, it's exciting to me. And I guess the last um, the last question I have for you, Steph, is. If you are t- talking about these things to a small child, how would you explain it all? Wow, <laughs> I think this is a really, really difficult question. Well, I think you have your you have your own your own ideas about it, and so do I. Like one way, first of all, I think children understand it much better. I, I think children take on sense of care for the planet, care for other animals, care for each other. Much more easily, I think the exploitative behaviors are really learned by by our and governed by our systems. But secondly, um, you, Steph, are the innovator of games that um, that we have been developing that really have kids, you know, operate in a different mindset, see those interconnections, uh, question those assumptions, look at uh, how money works. And how products relate to damages of Earth and the use and waste of those products uh, damage each other and damage the, the planet. And, and how they can work together to solve those problems and to make a more cyclical or regenerative economic system. And, and you know, those games are super important, but I also think kids just get it more easily.
0: Well, I mean, we're still t- testing if kids, um, you know, how kids basically react to to the, the gaming experience. Um, I wish, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that within the gaming space, um, the experience is created and kids are so much more, um, let's say, easygoing, right? And open to new ideas and kind of get it because I don't think they're actually involved in politics yet so <laughs> they're not jaded <laughs> so don't get involved in politics just be open to new ideas and don't make it a political issue please you know
1: we are here to that
0: we're an independent listener supported podcast thanks to our producer
1: Riley Paul support us by rating this episode and sharing with all your friends and to learn more join us at potofgold.world I'm Stephanie Overberg and I'm Mel Wymore. thanks,
0: thanks for listening,
1: listening.